Well, let's turn in the book of Isaiah to chapter 65. Isaiah 65, verse 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. And then in the New Testament, 2 Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 13. But according to his promise, We are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Let's pray one more time. Father, we pray that you would instruct us now by thy spirit. Help us all in our weakness to be able to Hear and heed your word for the advancement of your kingdom in our lives and in this world. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The poet says, The world is very evil. The times are waxing late. Be sober and keep vigil. The judge is at the gate. The judge that comes in mercy a judge that comes with might to terminate the evil, to diadem the right. Ever since the fall of mankind, this present world order is under a curse and is heading for judgment and destruction. But God's purpose and plan for his creation is for a new world order in which righteousness dwells. He will create a new heavens and a new earth where there will be no sin or sorrow and all will be holy and happy. The first creation was very good. He said it was very good when he made it. In its highest glory was man and woman made in his image. But Adam sinned and plunged the human race, and the world into pain and sorrow and suffering and moral decay. But God in his grace has determined to raise from the ruins a new creation. To do that, he sent a second man, the last Adam, to make possible a far greater creation than what the first Adam corrupted. 
On top of that, in addition to that, all the evil in the spiritual realm caused by Satan's rebellion will be eradicated by this second man who came to destroy the works of the devil. Through the life and death and resurrection of Christ, God has assured this new creation and has initiated its establishment here and now on the earth. He did this by putting his spirit into the hearts of those who believe the gospel. I believe that regeneration is the beginning of God's recreation of the universe. That's the essence of what I'm talking about tonight. God's, when God regenerates a person, that's the beginning of his recreation of the universe. Now, by regeneration, I mean the spiritual transformation that takes place when a person becomes a Christian. The new man with a new heart through the new birth is a new creature because of God's new creative work. It's a new creation that takes place right down in the level of the heart. Paul said it this way, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. To say it another way, a Christian is the beginning of God's new creation. A Christian is the beginning of God's new creation. You might think of it this way. When you meet a true believer in Christ, you are interacting with a small first part of God's new creation, a kind of first fruits of the coming new heavens and new earth. As you and I walk through this world, which does yet lie in the power of the evil one, we're told, as we walk through this world and fellowship with the church of God, we are in a very real sense involved with part of the new universe God has determined to create. Think about that. Just as that first creation was spoiled first in the spiritual realm, so God is restoring it first in that realm, in the spiritual realm, in the life of the believer. The Christian's spirit is first of all created anew but for now, anyway, their bodies remain as part of that old creation, still subject to the results of the fall. We have this treasure, this new creation that's in us. We have this treasure in earth, earthen vessels. But the Bible teaches when Christ comes again, the first thing which will be transformed will be these corruptible bodies. Paul said, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we all, we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. 
I like the way Charles Spurgeon put it. He said, by and by, their bodies, he's talking about Christians, by and by, their bodies shall be new created, when from beds of dust and silent clay they shall upleap into immortal beauty. The resurrection will be to the body what regeneration is to the soul. I like that. The resurrection shall be to the body what regeneration is to the soul. When the body and soul are thus created anew, the whole earth around them in which they shall dwell shall be at that same time renewed also. These bodies shall tread upon an earth delivered from the curse and shall be canopied beneath new heavens. But the beginning of that new heavens and new earth is taking place right now in the hearts of believers. That's what I'm trying to emphasize here tonight. God's new creation has begun already in the hearts and minds of his people on the earth. Again, you might say it this way, for the Christian, the new creation is already begun in this old creation. All things are become new. See, that phrase is used talking about becoming a new creature in Christ, but it's also used in the book of Revelation. Because this is the beginning of what is talked about in the book of Revelation when God makes all things new, a new heaven and a new earth. This is the beginning when a person becomes a Christian. He has a new life, new senses, new faculties, new affections, new appetites, new ideas, new conceptions. His whole tenor of action and conversation are new. And he lives, as it were, in a new world. It's the old world, but it starts to look new to the Christian. God, man, the whole creation, heaven, earth, and all therein appear in a new light and stand related to him in a new manner since he is created anew in Christ. He is, in his innermost being, a new creation. So as we look around at this present creation damaged by sin, even even in this present creation, there's much to rejoice in. The sky, the seas, the stars speak of God's handiwork. But far greater should be our rejoicing as we see the beginnings of his new creation. Even in the old creation, you see, there's yet much that should point us to God and cause praise and rejoicing. But far more than that is what God's doing in the hearts of people, beginning his new creation in their hearts. That should bring far more joy. In this present creation, we see the power and wisdom of God displayed. But even more do we see his power and wisdom displayed as he begins his new creation in the hearts and minds of men and women. Quoting Spurgeon again. God's new creation, even in its beginnings here and now, is something to delight one's soul in. I pray you, 
delight yourselves therein. Behold, in the creation of the new heart, the manifest finger of God, what power to turn the human will, to subdue fierce passions, to change the very core and center of the heart. This is the power in the moral and spiritual world as great as anything that we can ever see in this present world. Even the convulsions, he says, of an earthquake don't come at all close to the power that's manifested in changing a person's heart. We speak of the wisdom of God as seen in anatomy and botany and astronomy. Think of all the wisdom it took to design this world when we speak of that type of wisdom. Yet this wisdom is still more to be seen in regeneration. God's wisdom is far more to be seen in regeneration. In the making of the sinner who wandered from God to become a saint who follows after holiness. In the bringing of the oppressor of Christ to, be, to become his friend and advocate. To rule, I like this, to rule the will and yet leave it free. To guide the heart and yet let it choose. To reverse the law of being and yet to violate no law of man's nature. Herein is wisdom, the wisdom of God himself. The attributes of God are seen in the visible creation, but they are seen in a brighter and superior light in the new creation, in the heart, in the spirit of men and women who become Christians. If you can actually delight in seeing God's Recreative work in others, you should be doubly delighted because that means you're part of it. If you can see it, you're part of it. If you don't know what I'm talking about here tonight, you're not part of that new creation. You haven't been made new. But if you can see it in somebody else and rejoice in it, that means you're part of it. The eye that can see the new nature is an eye that grace has given. The heart that can rejoice in the new creation is a heart that is itself renewed. What I'm trying to say here tonight is very simple, and I'm not going to be up here very long. But it's just this one thought. If you leave with this, you've got it. God has already begun to create the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwell, by working in the spiritual realm in your heart if you're a Christian. He's done a creative work, just as real as that first creation, and yet this is the new creation. You're a new creature. You're a new creation in Christ. Well, I want to go on with this subject of rejoicing in this new creation. And I think I'll do that next time. And the reason that this is so important is because Isaiah brings it out so strongly in the verse that we began with. He said, Behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will be remembered, will not be remembered, or come to mind. Then he says, But be glad and rejoice forever 
in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. That's why he's created us. He's to bring us to rejoicing and gladness. But that's not the end of the verse. God says, I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. So think of that. Not only do God's people rejoice in his new creation, God himself rejoices in his new creation. Well, I started by quoting the first lines of a poem by Bernard of Cluny, Jerusalem the Golden. Well, the poem, that poem closes with these last lines. Exalt, O dust and ashes, the Lord shall be thy part. His only, his forever, thou shalt be and thou art. Exalt, O dust and ashes, the Lord shall be thy part. His only, his forever, thou shalt be and thou art. Right now, you see, you shall be what you are right now. You shall be and you are his forever because as a Christian, you're part of his new creation in Christ. Regeneration is the beginning of God's recreation of the universe.